Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Toon Hounds, the only podcast on the internet all about cartoons. Don't look it up. Unfortunately, this week, Rich has uh, lost a game of Yu-Gi-Oh! and he's trapped inside the Shadow Dimension. <laughs> but instead, I'm joined this week by Sam Lindstrom. Hello, everybody. Uh, Hello, Sam. How are I you? swear I'm not trying to usurp the podcast because it's built on top of an old emerald mine. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to, you know, anger the spirits. Yeah, but uh, and yeah, sadly enough, Rich called out sick just an hour ahead of time. Yeah, he's a he's a poorly boy. Yeah, he's got he's got the child sickness from his child. <laughs> That's the worst kind. <laughs> it's just a bunch of phlegm and muck. Children are a sickness. So. They are. <laughs> Humanity is something of a disease, <laughs> Mister Anderson. Uh, <laughs> suddenly, I understand that whole speech. So, um, what are we doing this week for the uh, for the old Toon Hounds, you ask? We are doing um, web shows, internet cartoons, flash animation, new grounds, etc, etc, etc. That good internet shit. We have chosen three cartoons. It would have been two, but we thought, well, we'd, we'll do Rich's as well, you know, to be nice. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll get into what his choice was, even though um, I have it on good authority that he hates the show that he picked. I was wondering, because he had mentioned that he hates... I, I wasn't sure if he hated, Stro- like, Homestar Runner, or if he hated... I don't think... He's never seen it. Yeah. I think this is the first time he's ever watched it. <laughs> but he um he's not a fan of Happy Tree Friends. And, yeah. And uh, it's hard to... Uh, it'll be hard to get a beat on his opinions on Rat Boy Genius. Yeah, that that's... We'll get, we'll get around to that. We'll talk yeah, about yeah, all yeah. that. But uh, what, which one are we starting with? We're going to start with Homestar Runner. Oh. The... Rosetta Stone of <laughs> internet cartoons. Yeah, it's sort of like the building block that we were all... From from whence they all started. Yeah, the foundation that we're built upon. Uh, have you got much of a history with the old Homestar Runners? You know, I actually didn't watch it much growing up. Uh, I'm realising... I, I had a conversation with my brother the other day, because he watched it a lot growing up, like right around the heyday of it. Mm. Uh, he's about five years older than me, and he and his friends would just watch it all the time. Uh, and I remember thinking, you know, we didn't really watch a lot of cartoons at home and I'm realizing we had dial up internet way later than most families probably did. Oh, really? Yeah, that could (laughs) have had a thing to do with it. Yeah. So I didn't watch a lot of internet stuff until like the high school, which is like late aughts, early 2010s. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I eventually did watch Homestar Runner and just, well, I'm a fan. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm a, I was in like the, I was there at the time, you know, when the new episodes were being uploaded. Like, started watching it in two thousand and one, so I was. You, you were like there in ten the years trenches. old. Yeah, yeah, I, I've worked in the Homestar Runner mines. <laughs> I, I was you a member of through. the Wikipedia forums and everything. <laughs> you went through every video to find every secret on every oh, yeah, single video. Yeah. Doing the um, uh, getting the uh, right click in the flash files to go frame by frame to find the. <laughs> Secret things, pressing tab to find the bits where you could click on something and something else would happen. It's got to be here somewhere. There's, got, it, I feel like this <laughs> kind of stuff drives... It'll drive a person mad trying to find all the Easter eggs in Homestar Runner. There's so many of them. But uh, now that most people watch everything on one of three sites, uh, they've oh, yeah, uploaded yeah. most of their content to YouTube. And the way they kind of supplement that is they'll just have the Easter eggs kind of show up in accordance yeah, with when yeah. they would appear I in the video. I think it's... Um, it's quite a good way of doing it. Like, there's still some that they don't put on because it's just like a still image. Yeah. 
but they've um uh, when flash died in uh, was it 2020 or 2021 one or the other they yeah. uh, moved everything over to a flash emulator so the stuff's still available on the website yeah almost everything still works which is kind yeah. of amazing uh it's such a time capsule of a different era yeah it really is yeah like no one's gonna make that kind of website again except for as an homage to websites like this yeah it's more of a um what's that game uh disco not disco is it disco elysium wait it's like disco, a, uh, that's the uh like story heavy thing yeah, what's it called? Of, uh, hypnospace uh, outlaw oh yes yeah because yeah. it's all like a um it's late 90s internet in a in a video game there's a vibe there there's a real uh aesthetic yeah. to that early like uh internet web point web 1.0 it's an aesthetic for sure yeah. so um I feel like this was the the like the early twenty early twenties the early two thousands was like <laughs> Back the, in the um, roaring twenties. It it was like a transitional period between re, like proper TV and what we have now with Netflix and stuff. Like I think Flash Animation and things like Newgrounds and Tumblr to an extent is why TV changed. Yeah, it just changed the way that people engaged with media and made everything mm. so much more accessible. And also, like, without the rules of, you know, broadcasting restrictions, people can make stuff that they wouldn't otherwise be able to make. And oh, yeah. Yeah. And sometimes stuff that shouldn't be made, if we go by Newgrounds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's <laughs> some weird of a shit on that website. <laughs> yeah. A lot of stuff, like, you really get a sense for, like, what the early 2000s did to the psyches of young, impressionable people who are being told by their, you know... By their uh, superiors, like, oh yes, uh, don't trust the Muslims. And it's like, mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, oh yeah. Well, um, I was in secondary school right around nine eleven. It was like, yeah, I went to secondary school in two thousand and two, so it was like still for fresh. A, for an ignorant American like me, uh, secondary school refers to which grades? Um, secondary school is age eleven up. Okay, so not so, like, quite high school, is it? Yeah, middle school kind of yeah. period, yeah. Okay. Yeah, but at that point, uh, Flash animation had a lot of uh, Islamophobia. Yeah. Like a lot of it. And people would just watch it in class and it would just be a perfectly acceptable thing for people to just, be doing in a class, which is very the, strange to think about. Just the thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> just watch it. Yeah. There's always that uh, conversation of like, well, it's edgy on purpose because it's like the joke is how terrible it is. And it's like, yeah, but... Not to everybody. <laughs> yeah, it's still edgy on purpose. Doesn't stop it from just being edgy. So yeah, it needs to have some kind of this. There needs to be something to it rather than it just being edgy for edgy's sake. Which yeah. I think is, I think that's a big reason why Home Star Runner was so popular because it was an all ages show, but with just enough adult humor, like humor that adult, only adults would get. Yeah, very clean. Uh, yes, show, but definitely like. It's not. It doesn't feel like it's made for kids. Oh, it feels definitely like it's, not. No. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those great examples of like, oh, they made it for themselves, and they just happen to have an infectious kind of sense of humor. Mm, yeah. It's one of the. It's like uh, Mystery Science Theater three thousand, where sometimes you can't tell what the reference is. Yeah. You're just <laughs> playing along for the sake of it. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah we're all having fun. <laughs> My good friends, the uh, Strong Bad and Homestar. <laughs> so I picked um, four episodes to watch. But yes. I ended up watching about four hours worth of content over the I weekend. I did the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> <Just to laughs> it is, it's Moorish, Star yeah. Runner. 
you can just keep watching it forever. There's yeah. so much of it. <laughs> um, the f- four that I've picked were email. I picked all emails because they're like the m- my most, you know, the one I know the best of. Yeah, that became kind of like the root of the show at a certain point. Like everything kind of yeah, tied back yeah. into those strong bad emails because it was such a platform to spring ideas off of. Yeah, the website started off, it was meant to be about Homestar, and the first few cartoons <laughs> were all about Homestar, but then Strong Red Email started. <laughs> yeah, they found their uh, superstar not too far yeah, into definitely. it. Yeah, definitely. The, um, they did like little character bio videos back in the day. Oh, yeah. And the, the Strong Bad one, he comes on and says, I'm the real reason you're here. <laughs> Listen, you know why we're here. It's for me, Strong Bad. Yeah, he's such a fun character. All He's of- a very fun character. I love all yeah. the characters. It's um, I find it interesting that the voice acting of the Home Sovereign characters, none of them are like parodies of other celebrities or other characters. Like they're fully their own unique style. I feel like they were initially meant to be like, like in some of the very early cartoons. Like Bubs oh, kind of yeah. sounds like a white guy doing an impression of Louis Armstrong. He does, yeah, yeah. They, they definitely, like, settled into the voices. Yeah, and Strong Bad sounds a little more like, I guess this is what a Mexican wrestler sounds like. <laughs> yeah. In, like, the early days, the strongest thing about Strong Bad was his accent. Yeah, like, oh, I have this only. I like what to say, holy crap. I want to say, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, even in, like, the, the very early email episodes, where it's, it sounds like he's hurting his voice trying to do Strong Bad's voice. Yeah, that's probably a part of why I had to change. Yeah. <laughs> just like, I can't do this. Yeah. But yeah, all the voices are just so fun. I think it's like in the first one, he says like, um, and I w- you'll keep sending your emails and I will keep making fun of you. <laughs> yeah, it's just like slow and kind of droning. Like, <laughs> I will continue to make fun of you. It's like he's peering <laughs> out at the end. But uh, my brother and I actually, my brother who watched Homestar all the time, for a while, we would just like whenever one of us would call the other, we just talk in the Homestar voice because it's just fun oh, yeah. to do like, "Hey, there, brother, we're going <laughs> to have a great time." It's just little Bruno, Bruno, try a witch's brew. Like that's the thing too. Is like most of the jokes are just listen to the funny way we say this innocuous phrase. Yeah, that's all it needs, really. A lot of the time. Yeah, it feels like one long inside joke. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I mean. Hosts are made inside jokes for the internet. Like the humor that they put in is what people. It's like Gen Z humor. <laughs> yeah, I, like I there's thought... non sequiturs in the host of cartoons. <laughs> it, yeah, it really is. I I did see a post recently from someone saying like we can never explain to Gen Z why we thought Homestar Runner was so funny. And like I feel like that's kind of true. Yeah, because even though it I is do. like maybe conceptually similar, uh, it's still like. You kind of just had to be there. <laughs> you kind of yeah. just have to go along <laughs> with it, or else it's going to seem like just people babbling into a microphone. I don't know if like a nineteen-year-old now would go back and watch every single episode of Strong Bad Emails. No, <laughs> you'd have to be. Unless like, they were very curious. Yeah, you'd have to be carefully curated for them so they uh, yeah know how to kind of get them in there. But so I've picked um, four episodes that we watched. Yes, uh, all Strong Bad Emails because I like them. I tried to pick ones that kind of um, led to new things for the website, like new characters or new things that they brought in, like the that weird Strongbad multiverse with different versions of himself, 
like strong bad man and yeah <laughs> those, those like, sorts of characters they just throw in an episode every once in a while where it's just a completely different art style and all the characters yeah. are completely <laughs> different personalities um the first one i went with was episode 53 comic which was the this... first appearance of teen girl squad now this is that good shit very this is top so. of the line homestar runner <laughs> teen girl squad and full of jokes that have stood the test of time on the internet like people still <laughs> reference arrowed and arrowed yeah <laughs> let's get ready to look so good every line like is so you can make a meme out of every single line of this cartoon even the way um the ugly one says i miss christina yeah just like kind of forgetting the name while she's saying it <laughs> yeah i i love teen girl squad i think it's one of the best things they brought out on time star yeah, I think it's the most consistent show for yeah. the, the site. Like, every single episode just builds on the last. And, like, again, like, so many lines that are just innocuous, like, doodles, basically. Because it's all framed, like, sketches on a piece of, like, mm. notebook, pa- notebook paper. And the sense of humor is kind of in line with that, where stuff just sort of happens. Like, in the background, while they're walking, there's just, like, a helicopter shooting down a seagull. <laughs> yeah, Strong Bad doing sound effects for it. <laughs> Yes, Strong Bad does all the voices, all the sound effects, which is funny because it's like it's Strong Bad doing a higher pitched Strong Bad voice for yeah, all the it's characters. Quite impressive. Yeah, <laughs> and not the same high pitched voice for all four of them. Like there's slight discrepancies between them. A little bit. <laughs> they're pretty similar. <laughs> they're similar, but there is a difference. You can like yeah. tell who's who. You buy into the fiction of it, which is the most important thing. Oh, of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of course, this was like around the time where web comics were absolutely enormous. So it's uh, it makes sense for them to try to parody it. Because yeah. this would have been like 2002 or three. Yeah, Homestar Runner was also like, just had a very sharp sense of parody. Mm. Like there's an, there's one of the episodes, not the one, not one that you mentioned, but there's one that's like discussing the difference between independent films and indie films. And it's oh, basically yeah. Yeah. like the difference between something that's completely independent and nobody wants to watch versus something that's indie that just has like a style to it, but is backed by like yeah. million dollar parents. And oh yeah, like I like that. that one. Wait, it's like the, um, the opening credits are done on notebook paper. Yeah. And this like yeah. highly animated sequence that probably cost hundreds of thousands of dollars. <laughs> yeah. And it's um, a strong sense, black and white art film. Yeah. And it's just the yeah. middle of a sentence is the title. <laughs> like to be of, <laughs> Yeah, the parodies are great. Have you played the um, uh, cool game for attractive people? I haven't. I've seen some gameplay of it. It looks pretty cool. It's very fun. Uh, part of the game is finding uh, pieces of paper with his Teen Girl Squad ideas on oh. to make a comic. That's fun. Yeah. So you have to like choose the right weaponry to give them so that it carries on the story in the correct way, in the, huh. in the way that Ho- um, Strongbad finds the most funniest. They must have had a lot of uh, impact on that game, because I can't imagine somebody else trying to imitate their voice at all. I think they did the whole thing. I think they yeah. voiced everything and wrote it all, which is... Uh, I'm glad they were given the chance to. Yeah. It's a best-case scenario. You wouldn't want, like, a game studio... Because they also made little games for all the... Oh, yeah, like... electrics. Yeah. They're still doing that. Yeah? Yeah, they um uh, uploaded one quite recently about Marzipan beating up a car. that's the other nice thing is like everything's so like insubstantial and like Mm. just kind of comes and goes that it's like it could be about anything you don't know you can't predict it (laughs) 
that's what I've liked so much about it is the it's completely unpredictable. Like the it, it's like a um there's a comedy thing in like cartoons where six minutes in the plot of the episode can be completely different. Like it doesn't right. you can have six minutes of them introducing the real plot of the episode and it could be something you know completely out of left field. Homes yeah. the Homestar Runner cartoons managed to do that in like the first thirty seconds to a minute because the episodes <laughs> are so short, but it's fully realize it's like you want them to change things up it's a great show yeah honestly and teen girl squad like every single bit of it is just like oh here's the premise and we're not going to follow any rules of yeah like, effective storytelling we're gonna just sort of see what happens like it feels almost improvisational and i'm sure it wasn't but i can imagine the two of them because it was uh mike and matt chapman mm-hmm. the yeah the brothers creators, chaps the brother the brothers chaps uh, I can just picture them sitting across from each other and just throwing out ideas and just saying, yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. There's no bad idea at homestarrunner.com. Yeah, some of the characters, have, they've got to have just like been spur of the moment, like weird yeah. ideas that one of them had, like Senor Card Gage. I don't think either of them spent time developing the character of Senor Card Gage. Yeah, it's just like a weird, tall, strong bad who sounds less, like, you can hardly hear him. And he yeah. just says nonsense. And Strongbad thinks he's the coolest. Yes, for some reason Strongbad's just like, he's got a great idea about what to do. He's like, I'm going to find a thing in the woods and poop yeah. on it. Like, you do that, Cedar Cartridge. <laughs> he's so cool. <laughs> he's so cool. <laughs> it's also crazy that like almost half of the main cast don't speak. Oh, yeah. Yes. Um, the cheat just does like, weird noises. Poop Smith yeah. doesn't speak. Pom-pom, Pom-pom doesn't just bubbles. Speak. And yeah. then Strongmad just says, Arr! <laughs> Douglas. <laughs> Strongmad is like... I never really liked Strongman when I, Strongmad when I was a kid because he didn't really do much. Yeah. But I, I grew to appreciate him because some of the episodes he's in are so ridiculous. Like the things they get him to do. Yeah, he he's just a... he's He is a wall. And they yeah. kind of treat him like he's just a wall. Like, all right, no, push him over here. There's um, there's a great one where it's uh, Strongmad makes uh, stop motion animation. And he makes like this little monster that eats something and then climbs into a toilet. And they're all like, "You just keep doing what you're doing, Strongman. Yeah, you you do whatever you need to, Strongman. <laughs> like, no one wants to bother him or upset him. And, like in the um. The most fa- probably the most famous Strongbad email, Trogdor. Of course, Trogdor. Uh, Strongbad is just carving the word Trogdor into a table with a knife. <laughs> consummate V's, consummate V's. You just keep doing your thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Trogdor was a phenomenon. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I had died the um the hoodie when I was like thirteen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's just like it's such a simple joke. But yeah. it's just the fact that they did it. Like, they just made it happen. And, <laughs> and he went so far. There's a board game now. Yeah, they made a board game. I don't know. I know that it got, like, funded on Kickstarter or something, but yeah, did, I don't yeah. know how much it's, like, getting around at this point. Uh, I don't know if it really, like, got past the home store in a fandom. Yeah. Because I know that they, they've they taken it to, like, conventions and stuff. But, of course, they released it during the Panacotta, so they couldn't have gotten it too far. Yeah, I want to play it though, but yeah, I guess you I don't play know if as I like ever will. <laughs> I guess I guess you play as handlers of Trogdor and you try and get Trogdor to burninate people, mm, which is like yeah, 
Yeah. It's, it's like um, animation. you move the tiles around to make different setups. Yeah. And have uh, the the uh, the meeples moving around and doing stuff and you have like cards that you collect and stuff. They've uh, they release the rules of the Trogdor board game on Spotify as an album. <laughs> with all of the characters singing what the rules are. It's quite good. <laughs> of course they did. Of course they did. <laughs> Why would they do something else? That's the only thing that makes sense. So the next email I picked was Strongbed email number 118, Virus, which was the final appearance of his computer before he got the laptop. Right. And this one was... It was mind-blowing when it first came out on the website because Strong, Strongbad steps outside the confines of the, of the video onto the, <laughs> the side of the screen, which yeah. when you like... That had never been done before on a cartoon. Yeah, they... They have, like, everything is built within this, however the system works on the website. And so the cartoons are in this little box, and there's, like, a menu of different categories of things you can go to on the website. And they start pushing those around, and it's like, oh, wait, this is all part of the video? Yeah. Like, that's never happened it, before. It was really incredible the first, with the first time watching that, because yeah. you didn't expect it. Yeah, that's one of the things that's, like, inevitably just lost now mm, when you can't. Yeah. When people aren't making their own websites for this kind of thing. But... I am a, a big fan of that kind of um, integration of the the medium. It's like the yeah. uh, it, it's like a weird version of Smellovision. Yeah, or like <laughs> a it's like a, just one of those old Looney Tunes cartoons where there's like a silhouette of a guy moving uh, in front of the bottom of the screen, and then the character shoots him, and he falls back, and is like down in front. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's uh, so breaking it's a, the fourth wall. Yeah, which the I don't. It depends on what your definition of breaking the fourth wall would be, because is strong Strongbed even answering emails breaking the fourth wall? I guess so. They kind of it's kind of a world that they live in on this yeah. website. Like they, it's like a little peering into a weird little ecosystem that you can interact with. Which that also had to be fantastic if you got to be one of the people who actually had their email read. Oh yeah, yeah. I always wondered when I was a kid if the emails were real or if it was just them writing them. Yeah, I wonder because like. I guess they must have been real. People were emailing them like thousands and thousands of emails a day oh, at yeah. some point. Yeah, I sent some when I was a yeah. kid. Never got read, but I didn't expect them to. They're probably really crap. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> or they weren't like crap 12. enough. There weren't enough. Yeah, uh, that's true. Yeah. Mistakes. I didn't spell things badly enough. Yeah, that's how I probably did uh, sign it off with, with "crapfully yours" because yes. you have to. That's another thing. Is like it's like edgy, but not too edgy. I remember there was yeah, one where yeah. somebody signed off as like "cruddly yours," and and Strong Bad's like, "What? You can't say crap!" And it's like, "Crap is also not really a bad word." Strong Bad, <laughs> it's like weirdly innocent. Yeah, I think that's the. It's a nice level of safer work. It's. I mean, especially when you're a kid watching this, there was always that issue that you'd find something on the internet that was wildly inappropriate, and you'd get in trouble for watching it. Yeah. Which I think some parents took to mean everything on the internet was wildly inappropriate. And they were right. Oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like 80% of the internet at least is still wildly inappropriate. And the other 20% is Neopets, yeah. which is doing NFTs. So that's also wildly inappropriate. And didn't Neop- I think Neopets has had like a long history of scandals, which oh, is definitely, a very yeah. funny thing. Oh, God, I could get into Neopets. <laughs> Like when the Scientologists yeah. took over. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, did, was it, I think it was started by Scientologists, but they tried no, to keep got, it out got, of it. Um, it was Doug Doring who uh, bought them out with Viacom, and he's a big-time Scientologist, Ooh. and he 
tried to get them to put like Scientology things in there, but they wouldn't. And eventually, yeah. um, the two people who started it, Donna and Adam, I think, they both left, and now there's nobody left from the original team, and it's all <laughs> Viacom, and they're doing yeah. NFTs now. <laughs> yeah, great ideas. Everyone did such a great idea. I had such a great idea when they were like, now is the time to jump into NFTs. <laughs> mm. Yeah. This bubble's never going to burst. I can't wait for the report to finally come out that, like, it turns out nobody made money on NFTs. <laughs> In fact, we lost millions. $500 billion are missing forever, and it's all your <laughs> fault. Yeah, we'd, we'd get blamed. <laughs> yeah. If you just bought them. If only you guys believed in our ugly, ugly apes. We could have watched <laughs> the Red Ape cartoon. Did you know about that? Um, no. That was a... It's an NFT show that they're trying to Oh, pitch. yes. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, I watched the, a... um, the, like, the little, you know, the five-minute pilot they did at a convention. Yeah. The one that got leaked. I watched that, and it looked real bad. <laughs> it, um, it feels almost like their priority isn't in creating an effective show, but it's in oh, definitely not tricking true. people into investing in something that's worthless. <laughs> but maybe I'm just being speculative. Back to Homestar. Back to Homestar Runner. Um, on the virus episode, Stromad's computer has not got one virus, but 400,000 viruses, which That's is a not very a small big number. number. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a small number. <laughs> and everything goes to shit around Free Country USA. But, um, Strong Sad's head turns into, a, <laughs> into like a JPEG, yeah. and uh, everything is going messed up. And yeah. stro- stro- they don't know how to fix it. And Bubs has to shoot the compy in the face with with Homestar's leg like a yeah. shotgun. <laughs> it's um, one of the more imaginative episodes of Strong Bad emails, I'd say. It's uh, every so often they would do like quite big event emails. Yeah, which was it was odd it being number hundred and eighteen because. Usually it would be on like an even number or like a hundred, two hundred, where they would do something big and spectacular. Yeah, the vi- it, I guess every once in a while they just felt like doing something different. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it all feels so spur of the moment, and I'm sure there was like much more planning than it looks like. But oh yeah, I would say so. I think so. Yeah, the vibe of it is so like uh, improvised. And it's a very clean show, like um, cleanly animated. Like they were, yeah, it looks good today. Yeah, like it's still yeah, stuff... it still sits, um, stands the test of time, which a lot can't be said for a lot of flash cartoons. Yeah, and it's like you can see, like I'm like watching it now. I can see here's all the different layers, and here's the mask layer, here's the mouth layer that's just sort of cycling between open and closed for all mm. the lip sync, and it's like it's super simple, but it's effective. It all looks good. Like, yeah. It's not when Bubs talks, it's just like the triangle of his mouth moving around. Yeah. Like, every character, it feels very much like every character was designed to be as easy to work with as possible. Like, they're mm. all very simple shapes that are just kind of like floating on top of each other. They all follow that rule of uh, things being recognizable by silhouette as well. Yeah. It's good silhouettes. It always is highlighted in the Halloween episodes. <laughs> yeah. Those are very, um, those are worth watching. Like, if you didn't watch any of the other cartoons on Homestar Run, it's worth going through the, the Halloween episodes. Yeah. Especially because they also follow a running story over the course of, like, 15 years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where they just keep bringing back one-off characters. 
Oh no, it's the Ghiblis. <laughs> so uh, the next one that I picked was Strong Bed Email number 57, which was Japanese cartoon. Japanese with the first cartoon. appearance of Stinko Man. Stinko Man. I'm not yeah. sure about the time, but I'm pretty sure this was the first not Strong Bad, Strong Bad character. It could be old timey Strong Bad. I don't remember. Oh, yeah. I don't know. But, uh, but this is one of my favourites. Stinko Man's great. Stinko Man is, is a very. It's. Uh, the way it takes up anime is <laughs> yeah. just fantastic, I think. It's. It's very, it's very dismissive, but in a way that feels accurate. Yeah, <laughs> it's um, dismissive in the way that you'd expect Strong Bad to be. Yeah, like I can see Strong Sad being into anime. Of course, yeah. Strong Sad's got like a very wide palette of like a slice of life animes and things that he's got an appreciation for. Yeah, I think Strong Bad would be dismissive of anime until he found out that it was all about fighting. Yeah, he would just look and then up probably the. Think it was cool. He'd watch. He'd watch the compilations of like Goku fight scenes on YouTube. And like, yeah. So this is what anime is. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta have blue hair. Gotta have blue hair. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the plot of the episode is basically just strong about explaining what what he thinks a Japanese cartoon is, which is uh, a head shaped like a bean, real cool boots, uh, blue hair, and a mouth which is real, real tiny when it's closed, ridiculously huge when it's open. Yeah. With uh, different ca- different people doing the voices, of course. <laughs> hey, haha! <laughs> <laughs> Pan Pan is so fat. Ha 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 ha! He sat on you. <laughs> yeah, that's another thing that's like kind of a funny take on anime. Is like, oh, the joke is just fat, <laughs> or like it's one of those things where it's like I don't know why they're laughing so much at this really simple thing, but the characters seem to be loving it. And uh, it, the way he responds to Pan Pan sitting on Homestar. It's like um, uh, the dubbing was wrong. Like they didn't have <laughs> have the script, so they just made it up. Yeah, Which they just had to like come up with some justification for why he's laughing or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I want to be the guy too. No way. You're just a kid. <laughs> Maybe when you're older. <laughs> <laughs> it's just more fun voices that don't sound that are like kind of vague parodies but also just like they're just fun to do yeah yeah that is the uh, the biggest takeaway from host Runner is that the voices are just fun to do <laughs> <laughs> uh, i wish that that these ones that i picked had more strong set in yeah strong set's a good like a good character who's like initially kind of a punching bag just there to mm. be made fun of and then they find ways of like making him a little more complicated and uh yeah yeah they can channel a lot of ideas through him because he's this tormented, kind of sad artist character. I I really like this the episode where he's the head of the Delete Heads, the um, strong strong bad fan club. Oh yeah, <laughs> we gotta find a way to get our emails read. Uh, my, my, one of my apps. I don't know why I didn't pick it. Probably because I couldn't remember which one it was. Um, there is an episode where. They go to a strong sad impression contest where they have to dress up as strong sad. Oh yeah, I don't remember and, that one. And uh, the cheat just dresses up as like a bag with a picture of his foot drawn on it, and goes <laughs> meh, 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 meh. And Coach Z is like, <laughs> it's like strong sad was alive and with us today. <laughs> and it's like that line has just stayed in my head for years. I've been saying it's as if Strong Sad were alive and with us today. 
And um, uh, Homestar dresses up by putting like a sock on his head and saying, oh, some animal died. That's something he's always saying, right? That's what he would do. <laughs> That's his whole thing, right? You love when animals die, right, Strong Sad? <laughs> and um, Strong Bad's entry is him using a, a tape recorder hidden in his shirt where he's recorded <laughs> things Strong Sad has said. And it's just him saying, like, why are you putting that tape recorder in my face? <laughs> <laughs> Big fan of Strong Sad. He's one of my favorite characters. Yeah. I feel like King of Town is probably the least fun character. Yeah, it's hard to get what his role in the town is. Because sometimes yeah. he's an antagonist and sometimes he's not. He's like in charge, but he never is. He just yeah. eats stuff. I like it when he shows up as the svelte young king of town. The svelte young prince of town. <laughs> the svelte young prince, yeah. Before he um, won a lifetime supply of chicken nuggets. and. <laughs> <laughs> tragic backstory uh the last email that i picked was strongbed email number 80 stunt double which is the first appearance of dangerous dangerous is this it it starts off with dangerous three right uh it starts off with dangerous two this time it's not dangerous one (laughs) dangerous two this time yeah looks like i'm gonna have to jump i love that (laughs) It's just like a vague thing that an action star would say. Looks like I'm gonna have to jump. Like he's not sure what he's saying while he's saying it. One of my favorite tropes in cartoons are the characters making a movie or making their own cartoon. Yeah, it's I love fun. it every time it happens, and I, I this guess, is a great example. Yeah, it's like you kind of get to see a creative mind analyzing what they already do. Yeah, but yeah, it's um, uh, dangerous. Is a a cop or a detective or a private investigator or uh, just a vague action hero type who teams up with he's played by Strongbad and he's teamed up with Ronaldo who's played by Coxy who's wearing a <laughs> turban and a fez at the same time yeah he's got a fez on top of a turban <laughs> to um I don't think it's this one where he's trying to get the formula is it it's a tape isn't it that he's getting for this episode yeah, he's like, I wonder where that tape is, and it's on the ground behind him. Yeah, and so stars in the shot, and he gets <laughs> gets shocked and has to move out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fun too, is just like seeing them intentionally create a scenario where the characters are acting like they're poorly putting together a movie. Yeah. Where it takes more effort from the brothers' chaps to make that happen. It's a it's a nice one this one to see sort of see the creative process of them answering an email. Yeah, of it starting off being about stunt doubles and them extrapolating this into the dangerous series. Yeah, which eventually does. It was one of the um, levels in the video game was uh, dangerous three. Oh, so good. they did eventually do dangerous three in three D. Thank God, finally. <laughs> there's um, I think there's one other uh, animated dangerous, which was um, dangerous two. <laughs> where Homestar an... also plays Dangerous. Right, there's two Dangerous, and it's like, yeah, oh, hold on, Dangerous. It's like, wah, wah, wah. They start playing slap ball. It's like, what is your major malfunction? <laughs> yeah. I work alone, except for when I work with someone else, which is all the time. <laughs> it's um, This is a great one in the sequel where 
uh, Strongman is meant to be like a silhouette in the background and they just painted in black. <laughs> yeah, there's like a behind the scenes photo where the cheat is painting Strongman all the way black as opposed to just having a shadow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I really like Dangerous. They've um, done some puppet uh, episodes of Dangerous as well. Oh, yeah. That's the other thing is there's so many series that we can't even really talk about because it just mm. keeps branching out in every direction. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's... um. There's a lot of Homestar Runner, like a surprising amount. So they like basically stopped doing their episodes in 2014. There's still yeah. an enormous amount of content. But and they do still occasionally release like a classic cartoon. They do, yeah, yeah. Oftentimes it's with the understanding that the characters are like saying, "Oh yeah, we haven't done this in a while." Like <laughs> yeah, there's so many strong bad like. emails that start with him dusting off the computer because it's been a while between emails. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> because they've been doing it for so long. Yeah, they um, I think they quit doing them because both of them have had kids and they needed like uh, better income because they're getting all the money from merchandising. Because yeah. that's something about Homestar as well. There's absolutely no adverts on it at all. Like they never had sponsorships or anything. It's always been through the merchandising. But they yeah. um, they quit doing it so they could get jobs at uh, Yo Gabba Gabba. Yeah, they worked on a bunch of different shows. Uh, I think Mike worked on Gravity Falls. Yeah, he did. Which yeah. is great. Yeah, uh, and worked on Yo Gabba Gabba um, and a few other shows. I know that uh, they also had a short run series for Disney that was called Two More Eggs. Did you ever oh, see really? that? I don't know this. No. Yeah, it was like it was like fifty short episodes. It was just like made for the internet for like the Disney Channel. Oh, um, really? Like the Disney Channel's YouTube channel. And it's just called Two More Eggs. And it's just basically a new... It's very similar to Homestar Runner. Like, it's mm. clear that this is, like, their way of making stuff. Uh, where they just have a series of cartoons with, like, a handful of different characters in similar situations and just iterating on the same jokes over and over. Um, but it's fun. It's, I might look that up. Yeah. There's Two More Eggs on YouTube. It's There's, like, a whole playlist of them. Cool. Um, and in the last episode, it's called No More Eggs. Oh. Because <laughs> they're all on eggs. <laughs> that too. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Homestar Runner, super cool. It's a weird thing that really resonated with a lot of people and still mm. can resonate with people today. I think it's harder to get into it now, but... Yeah, yeah. You'd have to have a curated playlist. Yeah. I mean, they, they've got playlists on their YouTube channel of things you can watch. And yeah. um, they're still uploading quite regularly. Um, Strongbad sort of is a VTuber now, in a way. <laughs> <laughs> like, he does Let's Play videos. Yeah. Or he does, like, drawing practices. Just, yeah. like, simple videos that he can just kind of, like, put out there without too much production. Which is, you know, that's the way people make money off of YouTube. You mm, kind of gotta yeah. find a way of making that work. So. But yeah. Yeah, I, um, I still wish them all the best in their future endeavours. Oh, absolutely. And I wish they would write a book. You mean uh, Homestar wins the gold? <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe, yeah. I always it think is... they've got like the comedic brain to be able to get a new story out into the world, and I think a book or a comic would be a good way of doing that. Yeah, that actually, I would be interested to see if they'd be able to like create a more, I guess, substantial might be the wrong word, but like something with more heft to it. Yeah, something more, like, um, cohesive. Yeah. But if not, then keep on making goofy-ass shit for the yeah. internet. <laughs> it's <laughs> worked out. the city stuff. Yeah. 
Um, shall we take a quick little break, Ease? Sure. We've been talking for 40 minutes about Homestar. <laughs> Even though there's just two of us, this still feels like it's going to last for two and a half hours. I think it might. <laughs> Ooh, we'll, we'll speed run uh, next uh, section. We'll be uh, back in, uh, well, 30 seconds for you. Every day, America Online is making it easier for people to live, work, and play. Hey, Dan, ready for the game? I'm just finishing up here with my new kayaking friends. Kayaking friends on your computer? Yeah, I just got America Online. Sounds great. Listen, I can't go to the game today. What? I've got to send something for my mom's birthday. It's tomorrow. I'll then book plane tickets for our trip next week, and my kids got to go to the library to look up dinosaurs. Hey, we can take care of all that before we go. Yeah, right. Oh, with America Online. America Online can do all that? Yeah. How about sending your mom some nice flowers? All you do is click on Marketplace. We place an order. Call now for America Online, a new way to use your computer to communicate, have fun, and get instant news and information. Welcome back, everybody. Um, you're listening to Two Nouns. I'm Spivzy. You know, I never said what my name was at the start of the episode. I'm oh, Spivzy. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I was going to say, I appreciate you uh, giving them a little welcome back as if, like, they get to the ad break and then they're like, all right, well, I'm going to put this away for a while. <laughs> yeah, they have like, to go for a, a little walk. What is this podcast? <laughs> what is it doing in my home? My phone. Yeah, I always like that when people say, um, if you're just tuning in in the middle of a podcast. Like, how would they <laughs> just be tuning in? It's a podcast. <laughs> Just a bunch of old fogies and their radio habits. <laughs> you don't understand the youths of today. We were just complaining about TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're complaining about ones. how good it is. If you yeah, want to co- sponsor us, TikTok. Yeah, TikTok. I know you guys need some uh, exposure. Yeah. So. I mean, I, I haven't got an account, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, TikTok. Spivzy doesn't have an account, so maybe you should sponsor his podcast. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it, it does make sense. Um, anyway. We're going on to the next uh, set of cartoon in our little uh, web show show. Uh, what what cartoon are we doing this time, Sam? So the cartoon I brought in was a little thing called Rat Boy Genius. Uh, and I for I don't know if we need to go through every single one because they're kind of all over the place. Uh, mm. But I just for posterity's sake, I'll say I proposed seven cartoons for Rich and Spivzy to watch. Uh, they are Starship Genius 7, Young Mouthbottom, Ratboy Genius Dreams Minecraft Episode 2, Galactic Superheroes 3, Little King John the Flood Part 7, Happy Man 13, Washington, D.C., Starship Genius 4, 7, 8, Don't Be Late, and the Ratboy Genius theme song video. Which sounds like a lot. Uh, no, it only took about 35 <laughs> minutes to watch. Yeah. Like, two to five minute episodes. Yeah, they're all pretty short. Um... But Ratboy Genius is a series created by Ryan Doran, who is a, I believe he has a, either a master's or PhD in music composition, and he makes his own music, uh, and he started making these little videos to go alongside his music, just as something to post on YouTube. Mm. And then he started telling this little story about a little character named Ratboy Genius, and it kind of spun out of control from there (laughs) for the next decade or so, and, uh, yeah... So this was your first time experiencing the majesty of Ratboy Genius. It Spitzy, was. Right? Um, I recognised characters. Yeah. So I think I knew them through like cultural osmosis, but what I didn't your, know anything about the show. What was your uh, first impression? <laughs> um, the first one that I watched was um, Young Mouthbottom. Right. And my first impression was that the music was incredible, and it reminded me of simultaneously the Legend of Zelda. 
and the Wii Shop music. Yeah, it's got... Uh, this is... The thing that's weird about it is, if you haven't watched Rap Boy Genius, uh, folks at home, um, it doesn't really look like a very professionally made series of videos. See, it's, I don't... I feel like it's... It's not professionally made, but it's done exactly the way that it needs to be. Yeah. It's a, it's stylized more than incompetent. Yeah. Well, to get it out of the way, uh, one of the things... Rap Genius is kind of a cult hit of the internet. Um, mm. It's had some episodes, like, really take off. Uh, one of the songs, Potato Knishes, which is one in one of the episodes I recommended. Uh, the standalone video for that has 10 million views. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> <laughs> because it got mixed into this meme compilation uh, that back, like, a few years ago, that was just sort of the thing on YouTube is, like, a huge mm. playlist yeah. filled with quick meme videos that you could just kind of cycle between each one. Yeah, and that one big on Twitch. Yeah. And that one kind of blew up. Um, the Rap Boy Genius Minecraft series in general was pretty popular, uh, is like the most popular stuff that he's posted in terms of just like a lot of people saw it. Uh, yeah. Some some big YouTubers have kind of like either shouted him out or like reacted to him, which has gotten more people looking at his stuff. And the thing about it is like, he makes this mu- this these videos and the music is, I think, and you think you'd agree, Spirzy, it's fantastic. It really is. Yeah. It's, like, it's it, worth watching them just for the music. It's like complex and evocative and I don't, I don't know, I don't have like a great repertoire for like critiquing music, but it's really amazing stuff. And the videos are the, a lot of them feature these 3D models that are very crude looking, like very sort of simple shapes, but not even like, it's not even like, oh, well, the nose is a ball or something. It's like, no, it's just like a, a single model clay head Hmm. that just kind of stretches out in different ways to simulate uh a rat face <laughs> and it's all like, the character- um yeah he did i i don't know if they did but did he do this in z sculpt he might have used he used a lot of programs early on he was mm. using blender uh to like model the characters originally um yeah. and he basically had to teach himself blender which if anyone's done that blender is very hard to learn. <laughs> yeah, and, and he is... was teaching himself Blender in like 2009, which yeah, is insane. <laughs> a decade later, it's hard to learn how to use Blender yeah. without substantial tutorials, which there also were not an abundance of back then. So I can't blame the guy for like the first thing he made. Like the thing he wanted to make first was Rapboy Genius, which he'd already been using as like a 2D kind of cutout animated character that he was just bouncing around the screen for these videos. Um, mm. And then, yeah, it's like... It's clear that the models are rough, but they do, you kind of just buy into it and you buy them as the characters and they stop looking like they're out of place at all. Um, It's one of those things where every video that he posts is going to have someone in the comments saying like, this is a nightmare fuel. This is this and that. And everyone else is like, I love the story. Like, I'm really fond of this character. (laughs) Like the people who are into it. I don't think it is um, particularly surreal, the animation. Because I've seen worse online. Yeah. I would have thought if you were going to get into like the, oh, this is weird looking or the surrealism aspect, there'd be a lot more uh, flashing and a lot more um, erratic limb movement. There's, it's a different style of animation to what is happening in Ratboy Genius. Yeah. It's like Ratboy Genius isn't really trying to be super out there or disturbing or anything like that. Like it's a very sincere 
show with like very sincere stories that this guy is telling through music and video and the character design. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Also, some of the characters, um, the the voicing on the show is also a point of contention for some people. Um, yeah, I've heard that some people find them annoying. Yeah. So a lot of the characters are, they're either voiced by Ryan Doran himself uh, using digital filters to kind of pitch his voice up and down. So it all sounds very kind of electronic. Um, like every character that has a regular kind of like pattern of speak to their voice is all Ryan doing the voices. Mm. And then the other characters, including some from like early on, like Rap Boy Genius, he was just using text to speech. Yeah. Without any kind of, yeah. Yeah. With like no irony to it. It was just like, oh yeah, this is just how I get the voice of the characters out. And, um, so you have characters who are speaking in text to speech, singing along to these like complex melodies and then other characters who just sound like a guy pitching his voice up and down. And so I think for a lot of people, they just don't know how to, like, react to that. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, I think it's shown that people don't uh, interact with this sort of thing more. Because yeah. I-, I like it when cartoons try to be a bit more experimental. Yeah, and this show is absolutely experimental. Like, it's, it feels very much like a very personal vision. In of, terms uh, of the Mr. voices, um, there's uh, one of the, I think it's the Washington D- Washington DC episode. <laughs> right. It's the only one that doesn't have subtitles on it. Yes. And I did struggle to understand some of the lines. Yeah, the early videos didn't have subtitles. Uh, he added those in when he realized, oh, people don't know what I'm saying with these <laughs> voices sometimes. <laughs> but um, yeah, and I'm, like, I've watched these videos so much. I, it's a little micro-obsession. Uh, where every once in a while I'll just be like, I'll just watch through every single video he's made again. <laughs> but uh, it, I, I'm used to it enough where like I understand them perfectly. But yeah, first time re- watching it, it's kind of it's tough to really gauge some of the dictations. Mm, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, uh, watching these seven that you picked, I didn't uh, deviate and watch any others. <laughs> so it's like kind of a pure like chaotic experience of just like yeah. bouncing around a different. <laughs> episodes but i kind of got what was happening like i still sort of understood the plot yeah i didn't have too much difficulty with it all right yeah it's it's not like the stories are kind of straightforward but they're just like a lot of choices are made that are kind of surprising Mm. um like one that i picked specifically because it's got an interesting twist to the story is uh galactic superheroes 3 Mm mm-hmm which this features a bunch of characters who are hand-drawn, and it's all sort of like scribbles, kind of, like very simple scribbly character designs and just bouncing around the screen. But uh, these characters are galactic superheroes. They travel across the galaxy to save a sort of... I, I guess they're there to save a status quo of the nature of the universe. Yeah. In this case, the Fish Eater is introduced, Mr. Fish Eater, who's this giant like nightmare snake who just sings about eating every fish he can. And then all the fish are like, oh no, we need to do something about this. Let's go to the big fish boss. And the big fish boss has the great line, the galaxy is for fish. <laughs> we must stop him from <laughs> eating all our fish so that we can complete my master plan. And uh, it's, and you know, the galactic superheroes have to save the fish eater after he's attacked by the fish. But what's interesting yeah. to me is that like, the stories feel straightforward, but why is the victim of the attack also, the cause of the attack. 
Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's interesting storytelling. Yeah, it's not as simple as you maybe would expect it to be, given like the the language that they're using. Like the language makes it sound very kind of cut and dry. Like, oh, this is kind of meant for kids, and it's gonna probably have a pretty straightforward story. But there's all this weird, this strange nuance that makes it so yeah. much more fascinating. <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, it. A lot of the episodes feel like stage productions. Yeah. Especially with them always facing out towards the audience. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of looking at the camera. <laughs> yeah. Especially the um the last episode that you got us to watch. The um not the like the second to last, the uh, seven eight don't be late. Right. That one absolutely could have been a stage production. Yeah, it's even set in front of a stage for mm. a lot of it. Um Yeah, that one like all the characters for some reason, I don't know why. Uh, they've all kind of reverted back to their 2D forms. Um, I saw a theory on the YouTube comments that I found quite interesting. Oh, yeah. The the caterpillar that shows up at the end is in yes. 3D. The caterpillar minister. And caterpillar minister. <laughs> they had the theory that the caterpillar minister is in 4D mm. and the rest of the cast are, are 3D. So they couldn't have like done the discrepancy between them. So they've been reverted back to 2D. <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> that might it's be possible. the explanation. Uh, they do interact with him in 3D in the next episode where they talk with the Caterpillar Minister. Oh, because he's been let into their world. Maybe that's it. I, that's in, entirely possible. Uh, there are a lot of mysteries in t- regarding like the cosmology of the universe of Rapo Genius. There's a whole episode where they dis- they explain the nature of the universe and they I think they're using the electric universe model which is like a pseudoscience based around a sort of emphasis on the importance of electromagnetism in the formation of planets that tends to be like a more spiritual interpretation for like people who want to believe in science, but also maybe a more like yeah. a higher power. And it's like, this is interesting uh, world building for Rapid Genius. <laughs> it <really> is. Yeah. <laughs> it just makes everything feel so much more compelling. I like that kind of thing. It's, it's you know, it's exciting. It's imaginative. Yeah. I like the, uh, you know, when cartoons do weird reasonings behind things. Like it's very, it, it's very um, Terry Pratchett. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's just like explanations that don't have to fall in line with like a standard hero's journey kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. The I think out of the all the ones that we watched, my favorite was probably Rat Boy Genius Dreams Minecraft. Yeah. Because I feel like that one. Uh, I could see myself like really getting into the entire series on that one. That one's a good one to watch. Uh, yeah. I was considering just sending that like for, uh, playlist to you guys. Yeah. Because uh, that's like, I feel like that's the easiest one to get into because it's kind of self-explanatory. And also that's the most popular series. Um, it's out of the ones we watched. It was the most fairy tale one. It's, it was like a folk tale. I like, yeah. And I love folk tales. So Everything's spoken um, in rhyme. Yeah. Very good. Very good stuff. Yeah, and then Summer Solstice Baby. <laughs> who uh, You know where the names Rapoy Genius and Summer Solstice Baby came from? No, where? Uh... They were pet names between Ryan Doran and his wife. Which is <laughs> <laughs> <Just> like... <laughs> that's a fun pet name. <laughs> Ratboy Genius. <laughs> You're my little Ratboy Genius. <laughs> uh, in terms of music, 
my favourite was Washington DC of the talk oh, yeah. about meeting the president. Because I, I was just president. thinking, yeah, you can see Obama just be like, yeah, yes, I spoke with Rat Boy Genie. <laughs> I spoke <laughs> with um, Happy Man and Green Monster. Happy Man and Green Monster had some great ideas. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Going to put forward that gun ban. It's like, finally. That, that like two minute sequence at the end of the two of them in a motorbike <laughs> like, going alongside everybody on the wrong side of the road as well. Which yeah, they, he had to fit him in somewhere on that footage. <laughs> yeah, it's just like live action footage of a motorbike parade going down like Washington's DC. And they just have Happy Man and Green Monster riding side saddle uh, on the, their little like CG bike. And it's just sort of like, hang like, tilting around to try and match the camera movements it's very good yeah. i did enjoy his attempts at matching camera movements especially in the minecraft videos yeah that that's something that he said is uh because he's like acknowledged like oh yeah i know my stuff doesn't look like traditionally like it doesn't match all the standards people have for most animated characters but i try and learn and like get better at something with every video and there's a huge growth throughout the whole series um like early Rapo Genius videos were just like still pictures of natural locations and mm. a single JPEG just sort of bouncing up and down. And yeah. it's gone on to be like this huge, like sweeping, like there, there are scenes, there are like, uh, yeah. he creates entire environments out of Minecraft to, and then he like sets the characters in there and finds a way to make it all feel seamless as mm. best as he can. I liked in the Minecraft ones that he uses mods and texture packs packs to make it seem Minecraft, but not Minecraft. Yeah. Like, it's got a very unique vibe to it because of that. Yeah. And I liked that I could uh, recognize most of the <laughs> oh, yeah. most of the mods as well. He used yeah. TechKit for most of it. Oh, yeah. The uh, the conveyor belts are Minefactory Reloaded from 1.7. Oh, and did you know the reason why... Uh, the song Potato Canishes, which was the big hit. Do you know where the idea for that song came from? No, I don't. So <laughs> there's an hour and a half uh, interview with Ryan Dorn that was done by like a college radio station. He's posted up the whole interview in three parts on his channel. And um, they ask a lot of questions. And one of the questions is like, what, what is, what's the thing with Potato Canishes? Why, what, what's all about? Like, just explain some of the stuff about that. And he says, well... There's these, like, certain elements that aren't potato conditions, but they look like them. And so, because Little King John is, like, a sort of a mirrored version of Rapoy Genius, and Rapoy Genius just kind of creates his own world and does whatever he wants. Uh, like, he'll say, I'm riding my little red buggy, and then there's a little red buggy underneath him, and he can just drive <laughs> wherever. But in Little King John's world, he's living in Minecraft, which does have rules. And so he's desperately trying to control the world in the same way, but because he's working with, like, limited... Uh, tools and parameters he has to like make up his own explanation of things so like <laughs> and it's like that's so much for <laughs> that's very um existential yeah like he's th he he thinks about these characters a lot like he's had <laughs> he's thought all the way through like who are these people and what are they all about and little king john is like the big standout character that people love yeah i um i felt for him yeah. watching the episodes just this like childish king who's like i will take whatever yeah. i want <laughs> you will be my bride <laughs> it's like kind of unnerving but on purpose yeah i mean i didn't get i mean i've only watched like two episodes but i didn't get the sense that he was a bad villain i just yeah. got the sense of like misunderstood yeah he's kind of pathetic yeah we've um had an email about uh 
Rat Boy Genius, which I think goes into that a bit. Oh yeah, yeah. But we'll uh, we'll get to that later. Do you have any other thoughts? About, I've kind of dominated this part of the conversation just because I've wanted to talk about Rat Boy Genius for a long time. <laughs> Do you have any other like thoughts or questions or anything about the series from what you've seen so far? Um, it's what was it ever more grounded than it ended up being? Because the most like uh, realistic thing that happened is the existence of the United States of America, right? <laughs> like the rest of what I watched is very um, dreamlike. So I'm just wondering, was the dreamlike status of the show more a thing that evolved over time, or is it like that from the beginning? So the original like Ratboy Genius cartoons were him set over like either photographs or like footage of live action like outdoor locations, and he would like interact. Like, there's a very cute video where he's, like, chasing around animals, and he's having to, like, animate Ratboy Genius to, like, ride a horse, even though it's just footage <laughs> of a horse, and Ratboy Genius is kind of sliding around on top of him, and he's, like, interacting with these real-world things. Uh, and there's, like, the episode where he becomes CG, they frame it as Ratboy Genius created himself a new body. So it's, like, <laughs> wow. so the, like he's the head of Ratboy Genius Studios, which they imply is, like, the the YouTube channel, so it's like <laughs> there's kind of an implication that their stories are partially a production that the team is putting on, but also actual things that are happening to them. So it that, kind of that's very much like what I said about it being a stage production. Yeah, it it I did notice that when you mentioned that it it does have that kind of vibe, and there are several episodes where they're basically just talking about like I can't. There's an some part where. Uh, the narrator says the green monster was uh, cameoing on the latest episode of Ratboy Genius. <laughs> it's like this episode. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a lot. That's the kind of humor that I'm into. <laughs> yeah, there are funny moments throughout that are like intentional. Just here's a fun joke. Uh, it's not like very joke heavy, but every once in a while, it's like, oh, you sassy little boy, Mister Doran. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> I think this is the sort of thing that I'll go back and watch more of. I would recommend, like, if you're interested in this much, I'd say, I'd recommend just, like, watching some different, like, series, some playlists yeah. of, like, the different... Yeah. I don't think I'd go through the whole thing. Yeah. Because it looks like there's about six million episodes. Yeah, there's, like, 80-some cartoons with Rapo yeah. Genius in them, and some some of them are, like, ten minutes long. Uh, so it can take some time, but I would recommend it uh, to people who are interested in something interesting and maybe not uh maybe not the sort of thing you'd see on tv <laughs> yeah but saying that i did get some adult swim vibes when i first started watching it thought i can see this being on at like 1am yeah i guess it could be adult swim would be kind of like the one bastion where something like this could potentially uh yeah find a wider like tv audience I mean, um, that what is it? Six ounce, six, six ounce mouse. Yes, if six yeah. ounce mouse could be on TV, then Rapo Genius could actually absolutely fit there. Yeah, prime time. <laughs> but that's another thing is like he's so connected to the world. Like he's gone on record saying, like, listen, I would like it to have this, like, to bring more people in to make it a certain way. But I, also, this is kind of like my thing. Like, yeah, I can appreciate that. Yeah, he's like, this is sort of. I just do this. Every step of it is kind of this process and. Ideally, the way he wants his episodes to work is like he comes up with the music and the story and the characters and everything kind of in one cohesive process. Uh, and so I, I can't imagine this being anything more than it is, which is just like, here's this thing. 
there's always going to be an audience for it. And it's always going to be niche, but it's very much his vision. Uh, I'm a huge fan. Really like it. I'm glad that it exists. I know there's like a, a strong community of like younger folks who use Rapo Genius to like make fan art for it and all that kind of thing. And that's just such a nice thing. Um, mm. Yeah, it's just a weird thing that resonates with people and resonates with me. Uh, I definitely recommend giving it a shot. It's not necessarily for everyone, but it might be for you. Yeah, give it a go. I enjoyed it. Yeah, Rich I enjoyed notoriously it. Notoriously hard to police. Spivzy is always getting super critical. <laughs> it's all I ever do. Just complain constantly. But Rich probably liked it, and if he did, if he didn't like it, then you know, come defend yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Step into the ring of your own podcast. <laughs> if he didn't like it, don't listen to him. It's good. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's wrong if he disagrees. <laughs> and he's not here to defend himself yeah uh, speaking of Rich should we talk about his choice yeah I think we should give uh, give some time to Happy Tree Friends yes we um, watched four episodes of Happy Tree Friends which were ones that um, Rich said he remembers the most but he's not a fan of the show which I found quite funny <laughs> yeah he said what did he say uh these are my four that I most remember, but also work to turn me off web shorts. <laughs> so these <laughs> ones really stood out to him and also convinced him I shouldn't be watching this. Yeah. Um, I was such a big fan of Happy Tree Friends when it oh, was yeah? airing. Yeah, huge. I was like one of the weirdos on DeviantArt with fan characters and everything. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had a badger called Stripes. Ooh. That's a great thing about this show, since it, it's like such a formulaic character design, you, it's a lot of room for OCs. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a huge OC community for Happy Tree Friends. It was big back in the day, but it's still big now. Really? Like if you um, Yeah, like if you go onto the comments on YouTube under the episodes, it skews young, surprisingly. Like there's a lot of teenagers who are really into Happy Tree Friends, and they like make up their own characters and have like RP groups and everything. It's not too surprising. <laughs> like I no. feel like it definitely... <laughs> resonates the most with like that kind of tween teen demographic mm, yeah the um the jonan vasquez era yeah that's sort like, of like if you were a, if you were 14 in 2004 and you were into johnny the homicidal maniac you probably yeah. watched happy tree friends <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah i i don't have nearly as much of a history watching it i remember it being around i remember watching it and not having many thoughts about it Hmm. I didn't really expect I would enjoy it going back to it for this. Like, I was expecting... Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I watched Homestar Runner pretty regularly. I knew Rapboy Genius, but Happy Tree Friends I hadn't touched in a long time. And I watched it and I was like, oh, these are just well made. <laughs> yeah, that's, is, I laughed in a, a couple of parts. Yeah, these are like solid cartoons. Silent <laughs> cartoons. Like, the characters don't have to speak because everything's portrayed visually, and there's a lot of, like, clever gags that don't all revolve around gruesome gore. A lot of them yeah. do. I was expecting the gimmick of gore to be, like, way more defining than it is. Yeah, they kind of move on from it quickly. Yeah. To get onto, like, the next bigger set piece, rather than to, like, dwell on what has happened to a previous character. Yeah. It's like how uh, in Ren and Stimpy episodes... Like, it's a smattering of gags followed by long stretches of torment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but in Happy Tree Friends, it's like, oh, the torment's there as, like, the kind of gimmick gag. But it's also like, oh, we just have time to 
joke about like silly logic and cartoon physics and that kind of thing. Yeah, that's what I like about uh, the it's the physics in these cartoons that I think are the most interesting part of them. Yeah, like, there's a one episode we watched called Breaking Wind, where yeah. um, Splendid the Super Squirrel his book flies away in a tornado, and I was absolutely convinced that somebody was going to get like chopped in half by a paper cut. <laughs> that could happen. But it doesn't happen. Yeah, <laughs> doesn't happen. Yeah, instead he's just like. He, a paper flies in his face so he doesn't see as he like smashes through someone and obliterates them. <laughs> yeah, like, I've I've complained before about the idea of um, Superman, but he's bad. Keeps being made over and over and over again. This is kind but of a fresh take on that, though. It is, because he, he's Superman, but he's bad, but he's trying not to be. He's yeah. just incredibly clumsy. Yeah, he's not like malicious. He just isn't really that careful, which is also yeah. a terrifying idea of Superman just not really watching what he's doing. <laughs> um do you remember any of the other episodes from watching it before i don't remember the episodes individually i i remember all the characters like every character mm. that i saw because i went and watched some more of these just for the sake of it um but i like remembered all the character designs which is interesting i yeah i didn't know the names but all the voices and the like the vibe of it definitely stuck out yeah in my memory I tried to remember some of the voices after watching one episode. To remember the names after watching one episode, and I managed to remember every single one of them. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got much more uh, connection. To yeah, this. I was really deep into the fandom. Yeah, there, there's some episodes that have like just stuck in my mind all this time since like you know the ten, fifteen years since it came out. Yeah, like um, there's one episode where a Disco Bear thinks that he's losing his hair. So he buys hair tonic and splashes it on his face and hair grows on his eyes. <laughs> of course. And there's this like horrifying scene of him like picking up a razor blade to shave his eyes. Shave his eyes and off. And that has just stayed in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's so many like really evocative images in these cartoons. Yeah. Like it, it, they're not satisfied with just like, oh no, blood and guts and bones. It's like, oh no, th- there's a lot of eyeball play in these cartoons. Oh yeah, yeah. And um, spines get used a lot as well. Yeah. There's one, I one of the ones I just sort of watched for the sake of it um, was like an airplane theme. And at the end, the airplane's mm. going down and one of the people tries to jump out, but they don't have a parachute. And the G-Force like pushes the skin of their face off of their head and makes a parachute <laughs> out of their face. And they fall into a bush. It's like, that. that's some real. And apparently the uh, main animator, Ken Navarro, I think. Mm. Um. Let me just double check. Yeah, Ken Navarro. Uh, he's been kind of credited as the heart of what made Happy Tree Friends, like, really resonate in a more substantial way. Like... Yeah. Uh, and it's just clear that he had just, like, a great sense for how to get gags out of these scenarios. Yeah. Good comic timing in all the episodes as well. Yeah, they move so fast. Um, that something I noticed about the episode, another one we watched, Wrath of Khan. Khan is in convention. Um Yeah which is another splendid Super Squirrel episode. Uh, like, the whole room is set on fire, and Splendid's like, oh no, and then he sucks in all the air, which of course extinguishes <laughs> the fire. But they don't they don't wait to explain that. It's just like, you get it. Like, it kind yeah. of has faith that its audience is following along, which is like, another cartoon would maybe say like, oh, maybe if I do. Like, the fact that they don't speak, I think, helps with the pacing as well. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, it, it reminds me of, like, classic cartoons. But with you know a healthy smattering of 
huge amounts of violence. Yeah, it, it does what it says on the tin. It's kids' cartoon characters in an adult cartoon. <laughs> yeah, that's something I, I love about the uh, the framing of the episodes as well, is that it always starts like it's a kids' cartoon. Like yeah. it is entirely for children. Any episode and, could be somebody's like formative memory <laughs> of like, yeah. oh my god, <laughs> what happened? And the, uh, the a lot of the main cast, apart from maybe uh, Pop and Cub, uh, Lumpy the Moose, and Splendid, um, don't have set ages that they are portraying. Like sometimes yeah. they're really young children, other times they're like school age, and other times they're adults. Which I think yeah. is quite interesting that they've managed to switch between it from episode to episode. Yeah, it never feels out of place. Like yeah. there's enough characters that feel like they could be young or could be older or could be this or that. Where they, you can just put them in whatever situation. Like, you don't even really need that many characters, because some of them kind of fit the same role. But they all do have distinct personalities, and so yeah. they all kind of bring their own vibe to the episode. Yeah, and there's a, a couple of characters who uh, will like, dominate the episode whenever they turn up. Right. Like, I think um, uh, Nutty is one, the one who's got the sugar addiction. Um, yeah. Uh, Russell, the otter, and Flippy. Flippy, yeah. There's definitely a lot of cartoons where Flippy is the star. Mm. Yeah. Which I found quite funny. In the um the Wikipedia page for the characters, uh it mentions that the evil version of Flippy is called Flickpy, where one of the P's is reversed into a Q. What? Which I am a hundred percent sure was never canonized, and it's just a fan <laughs> who has put this on the Wikipedia page. That's also a terrible name. It's terrible. It's a, it's such a bad pun. I, I do kind of like the idea of like, oh, he's reversed, so one of the P's is switched around. Yeah. <laughs> That's not even how the Q works. You need a U after it. Yeah. <laughs> I just call him Evil Flippy. That makes sense. It's a, it's a good name for that kind of character. <laughs> but I would recommend watching Happy Tree Friends, if you've never, especially if you've never seen it before. Yeah, I think the sort of... The hook of Happy Tree Friends isn't really that special these days, but the core of it is really solid. Yeah, it's well animated. The characters are likable. Yeah. It's got really funny violence. <laughs> yeah, honestly, it's it's funnier than... It's not just, like, edgy. It's also yeah, just, like... Yeah. It's just silly and fun and over the top. It's um, season one of South Park edgy. Yeah. It still feels like there's lines that they don't cross, kind of. Yeah. But, like, you don't exactly know where those lines are, so it still might surprise you. Oh, one thing that really stuck with me as well is there's an episode where Lumpy the Moose is a lumberjack, and a tree falls on him, and he's got his leg trapped, and he has to um, chop his leg off with a spoon. (laughs) And it's this scene of him, like, wincing, and him, like, chopping his leg, and you see the blood spurts coming up, and then the camera pans down and he chops off the wrong leg. (laughs) (laughs) that's just good yeah good comedy (laughs) i like it yeah they do i saw a few episodes where it's just like they don't even have that much gore in them like there's another one where lumpy is like gone deaf and so Mm. he's like he can't hear anything and uh at a certain point like oh there's a terrible fire and he has to call 911 and so he puts the coin in the (laughs) phone booth and waits on the other line and they say hello or whatever the equivalent is, and he's just sitting there, like, tapping his foot, like, hmm, hmm, and the other person's like, okay, and hangs up the phone. 
Oh, it's it's silly, but it's good. Yeah. And I, do, I don't know what Rich is talking about. Yeah, I guess I would like to know what Rich would talk about. <laughs> but yeah, sadly, yeah. he's gone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's battling demons in the Shadow Realm. Of course, yes. He's uh, got to deal with Bakura and all of his wily tricks. Have you guys? Yeah. Would you guys want to talk about Yu-Gi-Oh on an episode? Oh, definitely. Because I really want to do Shonen. <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh is one of the funniest shows ever made. Like, yeah, it's so <laughs> I, silly. I've been we've been rewatch. I've been rewatching it with one of my friends uh, from college, and it's just every episode is so ridiculous. It's <laughs> such a fun time. But anyway, don't want to get too off track. Um, shall we have a look if I've had any emails? Of course. Let's see if you got any emails. I'll sit quietly for the next half hour. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're part of the team oh, now. All right, all right. Um, I got an email here from Pizza Man. Pizza Man. Saying, Hello, hounds. Bark, bark, woof. It's me, that one person. So I fully admit I've only seen... Oh, the uh, title of the email was... The genius of Ratboy Genius. Hmm. And they say, So I fully admit, I've only seen Ratboy Genius Dreams Minecraft out of the Ratboy Genius collection, but I've seen, seen it easily a dozen times all the way through. Every time I watch it, I gain a renewed appreciation for art and storytelling. <laughs> every line, every beat, every character has a purpose for the story. I've often talked about how the most valuable thing in any piece of media is that we get the uninhibited true vision of the artist, and I believe there are very few videos, let alone full series on YouTube, that achieve the same level of artistic expression and pure creativity that Right Boy Genius Dreams Minecraft manages to hit. I think we talked about that a little bit, about the, um, the artistic vision. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with this as like an assessment. Right Boy Genius mm. is a huge accomplishment in that way. Okay, yeah, the characters are kind of gross sometimes. The voices <laughs> can be a gross. bit grating. A little. A and little. the animation is somewhat janky. But I genuinely think if you commit to sitting down and watching the whole thing, you'll come out the other side with a better and more pure heart. Oh, That's a very nice sentiment. Yeah. <laughs> so this story is one of the most wholesome and inspiring I've witnessed. The songs can be both funny and heartbreaking, not to mention making to, managing to make the entire series rhyme. Little King John is an evil being, yet his songs let us in on a pure, squishy part of his heart. Ultimately, he's just lonely. I love it. Yeah. I think you, you hit the nail on the head in terms of I think so, yeah. Well, I think I've made my point and I've run out of writing juice anyway. <laughs> so I'll leave it there and I can't wait to hear your thoughts. I like hear you, hearing your talk on good stuff, good, call good stuff work, see you around. <laughs> Is that all accurate? <laughs> no, completely messed up. I thought I'll just run with it, see where it goes. <laughs> I thought that was like a weird meta joke from him. Or just like... <laughs> I like hearing your talk on cool stuff, good work, see you around. There we all go, right. I got it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'm I, professional. I, I totally agree with you, Pizza Man. I would recommend, if you are interested in watching another series, uh, there's... Little King John's The Flood, which is also set in Minecraft and stars Little King John, is a really, I think, as you kind of say, it's like a really compelling story being told by a person who just wants to tell that story. Um, so that's what I would recommend. Um, I'd really recommend all of it, but it is kind of like, you gotta commit to that kind of time. Yeah. I think it'd be worth it, though. Yeah, honestly. And it yeah. is only like a few hours 
to watch through the whole thing, which if you don't do it all at once, that's an entirely reasonable thing to do. Or you could be like me and do it all at once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'm going to do it all at once. I might, you know, dip my toe in every so often. Yeah. It's also a happy man on the red planet, which is framed as an opera where the whole thing is sung. And uh, it has like a kind of cliffhanger ending because he didn't want to finish it until he had like the right tools to really make it what he wanted. And it's clear mm. that he has like a lot of passion for that series, but he hasn't gone, he hasn't gone back to it, but there's hints that he might, which has rat boy heads like me, very excited. <laughs> <laughs> is that what the, the fandom's called? <laughs> I hope not. Rat heads. That's a, that's a rat heads. Hey, you rat heads. You want to watch some rat boy genius? But yeah. Uh, I got another email from somebody called Gabriella who um, wants me to do art for her in the price range of $500 to $7,000, which I'm not entirely sure that Gabriella is, into, is who she says she is. So, Interesting. Um, so if you're listening, Gabriella, you could at least like let me know what you want drawing because you said you want it for a wedding anniversary, but I don't know what you look like. I don't know who your husband is. So, you know, get back in contact with us. Yeah, give her, give give Spibsy a prompt, then he'll sell you his work for $500 to $7,000. Yeah, that's such a huge gap between those two numbers. Yeah, I feel like you would commit to one or the other. Yeah. Seven thousand dollars. I'll draw. I'll draw you as a dog for seven thousand dollars. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, I've got an email here from Metroid Mike. Metroid Mike. He says, "What's that over there, Corporal? Down periscope. Why, sir, it's the Toon Hounds. God help us all." <laughs> Good morning slash afternoon, gentlemen. It's afternoon for me. It's 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 afternoon for me, but different afternoon. <laughs> it's barely Sub afternoon. afternoon. Yeah. As I sit in my work car while it's pouring rain, I remembered something I thought I'd bring up from the 3D animation episode. Gaither's Pond. Ooh. I'm assuming it's Gaither's, not could be Gaither's. It's G A I T H E R S. I think it is Gaither's Pond. Yeah, because I've seen it so before. It's a, par- a paragon of terrible 3D animation. What a fun ride into Christian cartoons that is. And he sent me a link to the intro. She, um, he said on Discord that he wanted me to watch it live on the episode. <laughs> Which is great podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. I, I don't know how... Uh, effect- we could- okay. What I'll do is, I'll load it up, I'll mute it, and I'll set it to two times speed. All right. Okay, there's a funny-looking fish with a human face. Yep. Um, wow, this is... What's going on? I don't like this. Uh, <laughs> I've, <laughs> I've seen this before. So this is a, like, a Christian rock? Like, it, it's, right. for a, it's for a congregation kind of thing. Where they... Yeah, I think the idea was like, oh, we're going to make some good old family... Fresh and... Family entertainment. And this was like the yeah. pitch... And nobody on board was, like, able to make something, but some of them had more uh, charisma, and so they were like, I'll voice the fish, I'll voice the bee. (laughs) I think they designed the characters to look like them, which, you know, when you're not great with CG, it's Yeah, you probably shouldn't do that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even if you are good with CG, don't do that, because you end up with Shark Tale. Yeah. But that's one of those, like, oh, well, in this episode, we learn about the importance of not lying to people. And, you know. (laughs) I don't want to learn things in cartoons. I want to lie every day. Or, wait, no, I don't. (laughs) Oh, no. But, uh. 
Yeah, he said, um, when it comes to Homestar, I was checking that site daily, looking for the Easter eggs and references they would make. It really shaped my humour growing up. I agree. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, I love how the brothers' chaps never sold out their site for ad space and kept it as pure as possible. And if you couldn't tell by my cute and cuddly but violent demeanour, I also watched a lot of Happy Tree Friends. <laughs> I was one of those kids who loved the overly bloody violent cartoons. They made me laugh. I was on Newgrounds at this time, and we know all know the cesspool that site could be. <laughs> God, yeah, the um, some of the subcategories on Newgrounds back in like two thousand and four. Like, I, 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 I don't think they'd be allowed to do it now. To be honest, no. That's some of the stuff that got put up. Yeah, there's still like a movement to be like, oh well, Newgrounds is where people can be free to say whatever they want, and there's always that movement of people who are like, oh, mm. freedom of speech means that I'll say yeah. the nastiest shit ever, and if you complain about it, that's because you're trying to sense like. You know. Yeah, freedom of consequences. Hey, yeah, it's just that dumb argument that people make every time, where it's just like, you can't be mad at me for saying something terrible. Yeah. So, um, uh, my question is, do kids have something like that now? Do they have a Newgrounds or Homestar? I guess it's just YouTubers now. Tell me what the kids like. You know the youth better than anyone I know. Hmm. So, Spizzy, well, it's, what are um, the kids like? There's uh, that hotel one. Like, there's still like a huge animation group on YouTube doing stuff. Oh, you're talking about uh, the hotel, like the Has-Been yeah, Hotel? Yeah, I can't remember what it's called. Has-Been Hotel, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the a people big... who make that. Yeah. That's there's, huge now. There's, yeah. there's, there's a lot of that, like, big projects coming out of YouTubers now, because a lot of these people have been making cartoons for a long time, mm. uh, and now they're kind of like, they've got the funds and the support to push toward that next step, which is making a full production. Uh, Has-Been Hotel, it's a beautiful series. Um... I don't think the pilot was as strong as it could have been, but it was enough to, like, hmm. you know, get funding and get picked up. So now they're working on making a full, like, TV broadcast, or, like, maybe it's a streaming service thing, but it's going to be, like, fully produced by a studio. That's cool. I'm yeah. glad they've gotten to that point. Yeah, and they've got another series called Hell of a Boss that's on, uh, that's just on YouTube. It's But it's got, like, big name, like, it's got Richard Horvitz as one of the characters. Oh, really? It's like they got full, like, professional actors and things working on it, and it looks great. Like, the style is absolutely perfect. I think I I recognize the characters from Hell of a Boss more than Has-Been Hotel. Yeah, those are more, like, they've been releasing episodes of that, whereas Has-Been Hotel is still in this kind of production cycle to eventually come out in full glory. Mm. But that's one of those things where it's like, every design is, like, super horny, (laughs) <laughs> but, yeah <laughs> but it's, it's not um uh it's, tumblr sexy man yeah it's like absolutely yeah. tumblr sexy man aesthetic but it's not that distracting because they're also like really intricate and cool <laughs> like everything yeah. looks good and you know if people are gonna get horny for it absolutely yeah, nothing wrong with that yeah it's their progressive isn't it <laughs> yeah <laughs> i do uh, sometimes think that they designed the characters with tumblr sexy man in mind because they hit all of the beats i would be like surprised slender Tall, slender characters wearing suits. Yeah, like with a so very expressive, like, furry adjacent. Yeah, <laughs> designs yeah. too. Uh, I know that uh, Vivian Madrano, who is the head creator behind those shows, uh, her big claim to fame before those was a music video for like a Sha- a Shakira song that she just animated to, and it's just a big like furry party of a bunch of furry characters, <laughs> and people loved it. Yeah. And it became kind of yeah, like... No, I don't understand why. Yeah. People like furries. <laughs> they sure do. And, um... <laughs> but yeah, shows like that, um... I know Smiling Friends was basically just Zach, uh... Zach Hadel and Michael Cusack, who are both internet 
content creators. It's a very literal translation of their sensibilities on a TV show. And that's, yeah. that's a big accomplishment in that kind of sense. It's like a small yeah. team coming together to make something. Um, but yeah, also there's just like, there's a thousand things. <laughs> there's, there's so much content oh, now. Yeah. yeah. Kids are watching be- everything. And it's available on so many different platforms as well. Yeah. Like there's all kinds of stuff that is just like freely available, like on TikTok or Instagram or Twitter or YouTube or whatever. Mm. Um, our next email is uh, from Aaron. Aaron. Our, uh, handsome intern. Said, hey there, hi, Toonsters plus Sam, which is Toonster this time. Toonsters. He's everybody's favorite handsome intern here. <laughs> So I'm still not entirely sure how Home Sovereigner almost completely missed my radar as a man who is also 30, especially because towards the tail end of middle school into high school, a vast majority of my in- entertainment came from Flash games and cartoons. Definitely the same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Said while I have more fond memories of playing things like Interactive Buddy and weirdly in-depth unofficial balloon fight RPG, I watched and rewatched a number of Flash animations in my youth. The ones that probably left the biggest impression on me were the Ark and Kerrigan shorts by the Flash artist Legendary Frog. I remember these. I remember watching these. Hmm. It was... um, They did a music video about the Legend of Zelda. Hmm. That's the one I most remember. What's it it called again? It was like Link Pick Up Your Sword. Um, Ark and Kerrigan by Legendary Frog. Okay. And the one thing I really remember of it was a character listening to the theme music from Kingdom Hearts on a radio and singing along. And every oh, yeah. time I play Kingdom Hearts, I think about that video. Yeah, this this whole... Again, like, I, I didn't see a lot of internet stuff until, like, the 2010s. Uh, so this mm. kind of thing kind of passed me by. But I could definitely see this being one of those things that you just watch over and over again because it's, yeah like, that kind yeah. of humor that you just get attached to when you're younger. Oh, yeah, definitely. That um, it's ingrained in me so much that my father, who can blue screen a computer with a single key press, occasionally references it from time to time to me by telling me, <laughs> don't think about pie, which I'm sure is a hilarious reference. <laughs> it was the biggest thing back in the day. It was on all the t-shirts. That aside from what you've covered in the episode, are there any Flash games or animations that you have particularly fond memories of? Hmm. Uh, Flash games more than animation for me, because... That was like most of my gaming in the early 2010s was uh, games on congregate.com and oh, yeah. addicting games. Oh, I played a lot of addicting games. Mm. That was classic computer lab, not doing my assignment. <laughs> oh, yeah. Addictinggames.com. Playing those. Um, for some reason, there were loads of games about roller coasters. Hmm. Yeah, it was like a, a thing back in like 2005. Everybody had a roller coaster game. Was it, it was like a strange little roller coaster? Uh, or. It was like um, jumping the carts on the track, like avoiding obstacles. <laughs> this sounds like there was either... at least five different versions of it. Yeah, it sounds like either it was a huge thing or it was a tiny thing, but it just happened to be what you were playing all the time. <laughs> so it felt yeah, like it was everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for flash animation, though, um, I used to watch a lot of bonus stage. Hmm. Which I don't even think is available online anymore. Bonus stage. It was very, it was very Homestar adjacent. If you can find it, uh, I'd be impressed. I think it's like kind of oval heads with yes. like spiky hair. Yeah, there's yes. a playlist uh, here. The g- a ginger kid and one with long blonde hair. Right. Yeah. 
yeah, I used to watch that a lot. Um, there I was love the show looking Water. at this stuff because it's just like, oh man, this yeah. is such a this is such a time, such a mood. <laughs> yeah, there was the show Waterman, um, which had a movie made in like, well, they did all the audio for the movie in about two thousand six or something ridiculous like that. Oh yeah, which was uh, Leslie Nielsen's last role. Oh yeah, I remember and hearing about it that. It never got made. It was yeah. like a Family Guy style looking thing. Yeah, sort of. Yeah. Yeah. I got into it because they all of the music they used was Real Big Fish, and I was really into Real Big Fish when I was oh, yeah. 15. So I, I liked Waterman. <laughs> uh, there was this, um, a Perfect Kirby, which was a very poor, crudely animated series on Newgrounds. Oh, yeah. Which um, has one joke that I think about a lot from the first episode, where the city is attacked by Spanish Godzilla, which is just Godzilla shouting, no es bueno, while... <laughs> Uh, smashing buildings <laughs> and I don't, I don't know why I think about that so much I like that that's a fun joke <laughs> and the one that I was going to do for this but then I thought Home Star Runner is a more uh, probably a more important one to do for a Flash Animations episode which was Space Tree the Space Tree in Space oh, yeah. you sent that before you settled on Home Star Runner and I just sort yeah. of sat through a few episodes and was like oh yeah this is absolutely what cartoons on the internet were for a long time it's a lot of characters yeah. calling each other stupid idiots and like blowing each other up. <laughs> yeah, and I like, love Space Tree. Yeah. I've watched the whole thing through like five times. <laughs> uh, the uh, Ed Atlin, who made the series, still does like random weird shit on YouTube and Twitter. Which is, um, I think, one of his most viewed videos is a picture of him drawing a picture of Jesus and then trying to give the picture of Jesus a drink of orange juice, <laughs> and it got so many hate comments that it's it's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> that's a vintage internet yeah definitely yeah i uh again i didn't watch as much stuff online back then as i would have if i had a computer that didn't sound like the devil um every oh time yeah i tried to yeah. use it but uh i remember one of the earlier things that i got into you ever heard of rathergood.com Oh yeah, hell no, rather good yeah they but, uh the guy in that was in the band seven seconds of love yes yeah. And there was like Tales from the Blood and the Yeah, the Tales monkeys. from the Blood. <laughs> Episode three. Ocelots in Heine. Like just <laughs> just a bunch of like cut out stock images and crudely drawn MS paint drawings bouncing around and being like, Yay, I'm the Blood. Yeah. I, re- I I loved Rather Good back in the day. And uh, We Like the Moon. Yeah. We Like the Moon was on um Rock Band. It was yeah. one of the downloadable songs. <laughs> they turned it into the Quiznos mascot. <laughs> Yes, they did. It was um, uh, Innocent Smoothies here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and um, uh, I can't remember the name, but it was like a milkshake company. Where it's like you um, made your own milkshake in a smoothie maker. And it was the cats from Rather Good were the, were the mascots. Yeah. He made so many like music videos that are legitimately very fun to watch. Because it's like a ska yeah. band. The seven- What was the band name again? Uh, seven Seconds of Love. Yeah. It's like the first drink of the day and uh, just all, uh, like... Uh, flip out like a ninja. That was yeah, one of those. gonna flip out like a ninja because that's what ninjas do. <laughs> it's like there's no <laughs> point to it. It's just fun and just like images bouncing back and forth. Um, yeah, Charlie the Unicorn, all of... Uh, what's his name? Uh, there was Weeble as well. Weeble stuff. I watched a lot of that. Yeah. We did um, Weeble and Bob and um, the, the Bagger song was his. Oh, yeah. You know, bugger, 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 bugger. Like that's what the internet was built on. Yep. 
Uh, yeah. All the stuff from Film Cow, so like Charlie the Unicorn, the mm. Llamas with Hats, all that stuff. Yeah. It's like, it's those that sort of thing that looks like sort of dumb viral nonsense material. And then you watch another episode and like, oh God, they're talking about like all kinds of terrible things. Yeah. <laughs> like this. Um, what else is the... Uh, I can never say his name right, but Neil Cicerigo, Cicerigo. Oh, yeah. Uh, his Animutation series on Albino Black Sheep, where he would take um, foreign music and put animation to it. Yeah. Are very fun to watch. Very impressive stuff. Yeah, that's the thing. There's so many talented people who just posted whatever online. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he made and the some ultimate of them would showdown. post like, one thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. And didn't he also make people would the... post like one thing and then disappear into the <laughs> ether and would never yeah. make anything else again? And didn't he also make Harry Potter puppet pals? Yeah, he did. Yeah, that was his. That guy was all over the place. <laughs> yeah, he still is. Still... Yeah, <laughs> he does um the uh, mouth sounds stuff now. His um his uh, album. remix albums. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's David Firth. He made Salad Fingers and a bunch of other stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, he did uh, Burnt Face Man. Yeah, Burnt Face Man. Hello, I'm Burnt Face Man. <laughs> Next week. There's um, ha- Harry Partridge. He's still doing stuff. Yeah, Harry Partridge. Uh, hmm. Who are some other ones? Yotam Peril uh, is always great. Uh, yeah, he's um, working on Jellystone now. He did work. I think he stopped working on Jellystone. He worked mm. on it for like the first ah. season. And now he's just back yeah. to doing his own stuff. And it's just like, man, everything he does is great. It is, yeah. I remember I followed him on DeviantArt back when he got like just hit a hundred thousand subscribers. Yeah. So I was there for like the very early stuff, and some of the very early stuff is quite strange. Oh, sure. But it's um, it's uh, technically very well done. Yeah, and like a big part of it is a lot of these people, like something with Mondo Media was like a company made by people who wanted to like create content. And like, mm, yeah, something like Happy Tree Friends, even though like some of the early stuff is kind of rudimentary, there's a sense of like, oh, we're going to put production value behind this. But a lot of these people were just like, just weirdos in their rooms, yeah. making something because they could. And you get to kind of see them grow up in a way alongside <laughs> their own content. It's quite nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's a super uh, interesting did, archive. Did you watch any other um, Mondo Media? Like, do you remember the other ones? Yeah. I remember Dick Figures was the other big one. Um, mm. I watched, I definitely enjoyed that. Uh, Gary and his demons, which was like a full show. I don't know. Oh I, yeah, yeah, yeah. The God and Devil show. I remember watching that a lot, even though that was yeah. like that probably doesn't hold up great. It's just a lot of people <laughs> no, making fun of. Um, um, was I think I can't remember if this was a uh, Mondo Media or Atom Films, but um, Zombie College. Zombie College was Mondo Media. That one had like a bunch I of voice actors from yeah. actual shows on it. <laughs> <laughs> Despite the fact that it was just, I like remember a... liking that. Yeah, and there was um, uh, Robot Box and Cactus was another one. Robot Box. I don't know if I saw that one. Oh, Batman Spider Man. Was that that Mondo was also... as well? Yeah, that was. Oh wow. There's a Small Boo Studios now. Alex and Lindsay Small Butera. Um, everything they touch is gold. But Batman Spider Man yeah. was <laughs> their first big hit, I think, and. It's just like two guys named Batman and Spider-Man. He's like, hello, Batman. <laughs> hello, <Yeah>. Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, they're like working on big, like, they're kind of like feature animators that show up for like the big moments of Disney cartoons now. Like they did the, like this big episode on Amphibia and now they're doing one for Owl House or they did one for That's Owl cool. House. Yeah, like they've basically... Oh, I love Amphibia. Yeah, they've turned themselves into like 
I don't know how many people are working with them or if it's just the two of them working together, but they are like a, a force to be reckoned with. That's cool. Yeah. They also Good made stuff. a game called Later Alligator, which is also the most delightful thing you'll ever see. <laughs> so that's a game to watch or game to play if you're interested. It's like a point and click game in a world populated by alligators. And you're, oh, a, cool. you're a detective who's been hired by this little alligator who's very nervous. And you figure out pretty <laughs> early on that he doesn't know what's going on, but you're still tasked with solving the case. But <laughs> Yeah. That sounds nice. That's um, all of our emails. Yeah. Oh, okay. There's a lot of good stuff out there, I guess, is the point of that whole thing. So um, I've never ended a podcast episode before. Yeah. So uh, um, uh, uh, don't forget to vote. Yeah. Um, Definitely vote. Uh, where can the people find you? <laughs> oh, right. Uh, so I've been posting a little comic on my Twitter and Instagram, at uh, Sam Lindstrom and at Wazumo, uh, between the two of them. And it's called Warm Days. Uh, it's sort of a... The name of it comes from the fact that it was mostly just meant to be a daily warm-up. So I just draw a little comic to war- just for the sake of doing something. Uh, but I've been doing that for over two months now, and I'm coming to the end mm. of the first run of it. So if you're interested, there's like 70 pages so far. There'll be 76 by the end of it. Uh, and then I'm going to take a bit of a break from that and make some other stuff. But uh, I've been posting that for a while. So if you're interested, check that out. Uh, cool. Where, where can they find you, Spivzy? Um, I am at Spivzy on pretty much every platform. Nice. Uh, S-P-I-V-Z-Y. <laughs> I can't believe people aren't picking up the Spivzy uh, title from these different platforms. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Since somebody did get it on YouTube years ago, oh. and I'm still mad about that. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Yeah, you uploaded like one video in 2006, and that was it. And just, like, oh, why can't they just like cancel that account and give it to me? <laughs> it's just him laughing at the camera, laughing at you. <laughs> like, ha, 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 You'll never have YouTube. Uh, you can follow Toonhounds at Toonhounds on uh, Twitter. We're not on anything else. Maybe I'll make an Instagram. Put the art up on there. Yeah, why not? Uh, you can... Join our Patreon at toonhounds.com slash Patreon. No, it's not. Patreon.com slash toonhounds. <laughs> Patreon the way is around. a subsidiary of toonhounds now. Yeah, we own them now. That was an expensive Patreon.com slash toonhounds for yeah. as little as $1 a month. I I've, I've, been following, yeah, I've been following you guys and gotten some yeah. of the, uh, bonus episodes, and they're very fun. Yay. <laughs> you guys had an episode where you came up with, like, uh, inappropriate mo- like inappropriate movies to turn into children's cartoons and uh it's yeah. delightful some of those uh, <laughs> reveals are quite surprising <laughs> and you also talked about the wizard man did we yeah the 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 crazy wizard man from the comic oh yeah stardust yeah <laughs> i've forgotten <laughs> that was a long time it was ago. only about a week ago <laughs> so yeah join our patreon and get all that wild wacky content yeah good stuff uh, Rich sends his love, I'm sure. And we send love to Rich. We're um, going to set up a Ouija board and try to get in contact with him from beyond the veil. <laughs> we're not going to set and up we'll... like a Kickstarter for him to get well. We're going to set up a Ouija board. <laughs> and we're get all the spirits we're drag the him up from the depths yeah. and he will be joining us, I'm sure. Yeah. I don't know what the next week's episode is going to be. Still figuring that out. But, you know, keep, cho- keep tuned in. <laughs> Tune in, hound those feeds. Oh, too clever. <laughs> Um, thanks for listening. Have a good day. Uh, do your bed. Get your bed all tidied up before you go to sleep, because it's nice to have a fresh, clean bed. Yeah. Future you and will thank you. Yeah. Have fun. 
doing whatever you choose to do with the rest of your day. Love life. <laughs> Live, laugh, love. That'd be Tune a great. Downs. That'd be a great sign off for the podcast. <laughs> Live, laugh, love from Tune Hounds. <laughs> Live, laugh, love from your friends at Tune Hounds. So long. Um...